Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the special edition episode of Made It Happen podcast in partnership with Epicenter's Venture Women program. You'll be hearing from current participants from the program about their experience, their business, and their journey to entrepreneurship. The Venture Women Program is aimed to provide tailored training and support for women changemakers looking to reimagine the future. Epicenter strives to build a more inclusive, innovative ecosystem for women by providing female founders and co-founders the opportunity to explore their ideas, increase their entrepreneurial skills, expand their network, and build a business that is future-proof. You can learn more about this program at epiccenterewindsor.ca slash epicventurewomen. Enjoy. Thank you both so, so much for joining me here today on the podcast. I'm here with Erica and Carla. And how about we start off with having each of you just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your business? Well, I'm Brazilian. I'm an engineer. I'm also doing my master's degree here in University of Windsor. And um, I'm married. I have a little one, three years old. And now I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I came to Canada in 2015, and only with my husband. And um, we had an idea of having an international experience, like an international professional experience. But you know, here we are since today, and we have no plans to coming back to Brazil. So in my husband and I, we opened Baza Brazil, which is an online store that sells Brazilian products in 2020. And uh, right now we are only selling groceries, but our idea is to sell anything related, related to the Brazilian culture. So. Amazing. Well, and there's so much I want to dive into about that. But Erica, would you like to start off by introducing yourself and your business? Sure. So my name is Erica Pizzuoli. I was born and raised in Windsor, spent half my life in Ajax, Ontario, and returned for university here. I'm a registered social worker and certified aromatherapist. And I've worked in the nonprofit sector for 12 years now, and I'm just transitioning into private practice. And I own Pure Mentality Mental Wellness Boutique, which is a boutique that offers services and products that promote mental wellness and self-care. Amazing. Well, I guess to get started here, I'd love to hear a little bit about the background of your businesses. You know, where did this idea first come from? What made you decide to start your own business? Um, so, Carla, would you like to start off? Sure. As I mentioned before, I'm an engineer and I have like 15 years of experience in the manufacturing um, area, more specifically in the automotive area. 
And this is a very unstable market. And we engineers, we all know that we're going to have to, we're going to have like valley periods and we are all going to like, going to be like go. And um, as I'm, as I grow old, this was not making me happy anymore. I needed more stability. So um, in 2019, I was going back from the maternity leave and I was let go because we entered that valley. And also my husband, which is also an engineer, was let go. And and then COVID hit. <laughs> and we Brazilians here in Windsor region um, normally cross the border to buy the Brazilian products. And we are not able to cross the border anymore. So that's when we had this like, wow, that's, that's now. We have to do it now. Because we were always thinking about it, you know, like in the back of our minds, like, oh, maybe we can um, start our own business and we are not going to be worried about the valleys anymore and we will be our own boss but we are always afraid of the unknown and we are always like okay later later but then after the pandemic we decided that that's our time it's the perfect time to start something because Brazilians are willing to cross to buy products but they can't so now it's the time and that's how Brazil was born. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and it's it's interesting to see sort of, you know, that there is some opportunities that have arisen like through the through the pandemic and sort of everything that's been happening. So it's great that you were able to find that, you know, avenue and, um, you know, really bring that to the Windsor-Essex area. Um, and Erica, would you like to share a little bit about what made you decide to start your own business? Sure. So I, like I mentioned, I've been in the nonprofit sector working with uh, youth homelessness and severe mental health for 12 years. I absolutely love it. Uh, it has been a huge growth for myself. I have developed a transitional housing program from the bottom up. And over the last couple of years, I've just felt very, uh, I need to be challenged like a lot every day in my life. And so I think I've just been taking kind of like an easy route for a little bit. And uh, I just knew that somebody else could offer the position something different. So I started to think about what I wanted to do and I had no idea. And there was a lot of self-discovery. And when COVID hit, uh, obviously the the mental health aspect of COVID-19 was uh, really getting to me and figuring out that I couldn't do much outside of my work really kind of upset me. So I started my private practice uh, after work. So I was doing it on evenings and weekends. And it really started to get the wheels turning on how I can put together what I already do and what I want to do. And then came the birth, honestly, just on a drive to nowhere, because at the time we couldn't drive anywhere. And so I just kind of thought, okay, I like to use my aromatherapy. I love local businesses. I love my private practice. Where can I go from here to close the gaps in mental health services in our city? 
Um, Windsor has the longest wait list for service in Southwestern Ontario. And so I decided to do the, this, I guess. And then I was, I called my mom and I said, I have a crazy idea and she was all about it. And then it happened very, very quickly after that. Wow. That's, I, I had no idea about, you know, the wait, waitlist times in the area. So that's, I mean, I think it's such an important, you know, area, especially. And so it's great that you're able to sort of provide those resources, especially during this time. It's, it's so important, um, you know, in the focus on mental health. And so once you have both had decided to, you know, start up your businesses, um, what was it that really made you want to apply to the Venture Women program? So for our listeners, just a bit of background is how we all know each other is through the Epicenter Venture Women program, where they support um, resources and networking to um, female entrepreneurs. And so we are all currently in that program together. But um, Carla, would you like to start with what made you to decide to apply yeah so first of all my husband and I we have this thing we are always searching more knowledge more knowledge we 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 just have this feeling that we are not knowledgeable um enough to start a business we were like oh we are all our lives engineers how do we start what should we do and um so we started searching for help here in Windsor and it wasn't it wasn't what we expected at all in the beginning and then um as i mentioned before i am also a um um master's student right and then inside university i have the opportunity of being a graduate assistant and I was helping a professor named um, Dr. Jill Urbanic. She's amazing. And she mentioned Epic Center in her class, in her lecture, because the, the students, they're they are doing their capstone in this, in this um, lecture that I was helping. And they were having like amazing ideas, doing amazing projects. And then she mentioned that to them, that they could help them and I Googled it immediately. And I, I said, oh my God, that's it. They can help us maybe, let's try it again. And, and I tried, um, I entered in contact with them. I tried and I, I put my name on it and here I am. And I'm so grateful. It's been amazing, the program and um, the people that we are meeting, um, the knowledge that they're, passing through so it's been amazing i'm i'm like all about telling everybody like you you can't you have to go to epic center to rise to VTech. a lot of things that we are learning through epic center so now i feel like i have a support i have someone to go and ask for help and it's really working so um i'm more comfortable right now with the epic center i'm so grateful that i found them and I'm so grateful for Dr. Dylan Urbanic that told me about it and yeah that's how that's how I found I found them. I definitely agree. I think that, you know, we are very lucky to have something like this in the area and that they have all these great programs for a lot of different sort of avenues of business. And um, Erica, would you like to share a bit about what made you decide to apply to the Venture Women program? Sure. So 
to be outwardly honest, I had never heard of it. Um, I actually went to another small business center in the city and just kind of asked about what services they had available, what was available to me, if they could give me some direction. And they had posted um, in their email a link to the application. And so without even researching it, I was just like, listen, I need all the help I can get. I might as well just do it. Um, And I thought it was something completely different, to be honest. And then I got in and now obviously I'm in love with it and it's totally different from what I expected, but it all really happened by accident just because I needed to get as many resources as possible. And it was one of the ones listed. Yeah, I I definitely know what you mean. I bet. Yeah, it's definitely great that, you know, you were able to find that. And when I saw the program, honestly, I thought it was almost too good to be true. I was like, wait, this is just available for for Windsor Essex area and you can apply like it's just because it offers so many great resources and mentors and everything. So, yes, I'm I'm glad that, you know, we're all able to experience this program. And both of you mentioned there, too, you know, you were trying to find those first steps to really starting up your business, which I think is definitely, you know, one of the hardest parts is really just getting that first step in and, you know, figuring out where you even start with this. So um, Carla, would you like to start off with, you know, once you decided you wanted to start this business, a little bit about that process and, you know, maybe bringing in those products that you were wanting to um, share on your website and things like that? Oh, yeah, that, that was hard. So we started registering our business. We are an incorporation in, I'm going to tell you, we registered it and we, were, we had no idea what we are going to do. We just want to, you know, give the first tap. And that's what we did. Let's register a business and then we're going to have to start after that. So that's what we did. And after that, we start looking for a name that was going to be open for a domain and the internet and also um, the social media, Instagram and Facebook. So we find, we found one name and then we registered in all of this without any content. We just want to save the name for us. And after that, as we start looking for suppliers, it's really hard to find supplier, Brazilian suppliers here and with the COVID, the restrictions are like insane. It was like a lot of days searching and a lot of days getting ourselves into, into their platform, the supplier's platform, because it's not easy. And lucky us, we had the idea of registering in, a very, in the very beginning, because in order to, to get the supplies, we have, we have to be registered already. So it's not something that, you know, anybody wants, oh, okay, I, I want to get some Brazilian food and and you go there and you buy it. No, you have to be a business. You have to be registered already. And, you know, a lot of bureaucracy underneath. And um, we were glad that we had that already. But it, it, it is really hard when, when you start to get to know what you're, what your clients would like right away basically we started buying what we liked (laughs) and we end up with a lot of things in the inventory but we found out that not everybody liked what we liked so it's a 
it's a learning curve. It's hard in the beginning, but that's how we started. Well, we're still learning, right? We 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 are close to reach one year, but we are still learning. It's it's well, it's hard, but it's rewarding. I would say. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think with any business at all, I think it's always going to be that learning curve. So like yeah. you said, you, you did all that you can do and, you know, keep learning as you go and seeing what people, yeah. people like and what you can offer. Um, and I think there's a lot of things there that you mentioned as well, that some people might not realize when starting up a business. So that's really great to, you know, hear that back end of it. Um, and Erica, how about yourself? You know, you said you started going into a private practice and then that's where sort of the business idea came from it. And would you like to share a little bit about, you know, what was your first step in making and really creating that business? Sure. So I actually started making uh, aromatherapy products specifically for mental health symptoms. And I was doing the market circuit. So I was doing the Christmas markets and spring markets and I actually really liked it. I liked getting to physically see you know, clients and talk about your product and meet other vendors. And I just liked being out there for the day. Uh, So I knew then that I was, I wanted to have some sort of store aspect, (laughs) I think. So that kind of got me. And then I started the private practice just to fill the need again. Then I had this idea and I talked to my mom. My mom uh, owns a franchise and has for many years. And so she has a a solid business background. So I went to her, asked her, like, is this going to work? Then I just started looking up products, different companies that had the same branding as we did. So either their products or their story or their branding meets our Uh, mental health awareness or branding or conversation and just kind of started from there. And then we, I found a commercial space, sold my house. (laughs) Um, It was just like snowballed from there like crazy. Then we partnered with 52, right now we have 52 vendors who are absolutely in love with the mental health aspect of what we do, which is what makes us very different than other local shops uh, and it just grew from there very quickly. We got a website, we got an e-commerce platform. That's it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I like that, you know, you you really went out and found those companies that aligned with yours and that's sort of what made you decide to bring them in as vendors. So it's great to sort of hear the process behind that. And I know, I think we, we all talked a little bit about some of, some of those challenges in the beginning, but I think um, one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners go through is that time management aspect. And I know, you know, with family or with um, a full-time job or any of those other aspects or being in school, it's definitely a lot to juggle at once while running your own business. And um, Carla, would you like to start by just sharing, you know, a little bit about how you manage this or sort of any of the challenges that you faced around that? Oh, I have to, I had to be really honest with you. I don't manage my time properly at all. <laughs> I have one big priority in my life, which is my daughter. And after that comes me, my husband, my house, my, my university, my, my degree, my master's degree, my business and everything else. And, um, it sounded terrible, right? An entrepreneur telling you that the business is not 
her priority, but that's the truth. I'm a mom, first of all. And <laughs> that's my, my truth. I, and sometimes I really feel overwhelmed and I know it's not possible to do everything, right? Everything, but at a certain point, I will miss something. Like some, some days my house is like a mess. Uh, I need to, to clean my house, but what do I do? Do I, do I prepare the lunch or do I go on a meeting or start reading a paper for my master or clean the house? So really managing time is really the biggest challenge, but um, I've been going on therapy for a while now and I stopped punishing myself and it started working better after I decided not punishing myself to not be perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. And that's okay. I'll do the best I can. I'll try to do the best I can. But my priority is to be happy, to make my kid happy, not pass to her this anxiety and this, you know, stressful life. And that's, that's when it starts working. I'm not going to be perfect, I know, but I'll do my best, I'll try my best. And yeah, sometimes I have to work during the night when she's asleep and having like little time to sleep myself, but that's okay. And um, I am lucky that I have my husband that he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes for me. He's doing the financial part for me. That's the part that he really enjoys. So I have help. So I cannot complain at all. But managing time, it's a big challenge. Yes. Well, I, I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that. And I don't think it the way that you phrased that at all does not sound bad. I think that that absolutely makes sense. And I, I read a quote to you the other day where it said that, you know, you started your business so it works for you and your life and not the other way around. And so I think that, you know, it is great that you're able to sort of have those priorities. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and mothers can definitely relate to that, I'm sure. So, um, Erica, how about yourself about sort of managing your time? And also, you know, great point there, too, that Carla has sort of touched on is, you know, making that time for yourself and self-care, which I know you've shared a lot of, you know, really great insights to that in our Venture Women meetings. So sort of anything around that topic as well. Sure. So I, I am still working full time at a very taxing job in the mental health field. So as you can imagine right now, uh, the need is so much higher than it has been. So it is our peak, you know, time for us, but I applied for a grant from the government for that agency and received the grant in September. And so I wanted to see that through. It was uh, a passion of mine. It is to run uh, mindfulness groups for homeless youth. So I obviously did not want to pass that off. So during all of this, I'm still working full-time at my agency. Then I started the business and realized even just social media is a full-time job. So uh, just the, getting those aspects started. I am an extremely organized human being. I'm a very, I'm pen to paper. So I don't use, you know, my phone, different things like that. I use lists upon lists and, and uh 
the self-care had gone out the window for a significant amount of time and uh, it definitely burnt me out. But getting back to it now that things are in the swing, I've sold my home. That was like the biggest kind of uh, thing that was weighing down was just holding the two houses and, and trying to figure out what the next step was. So now I'm back to making sure that I have time for myself and that there is a self-care plan in place for myself as well as my family and others around me. But it's not, it's not easy. (laughs) I think you, you know, I just have to block out. I learned this fascinating tactic from uh, passion planner, which is a, a, planning company that makes uh, wonderful agendas. But anyways, I follow them on Instagram and and they told me to block out time in my agenda for things like self-care, housework, talking to family, things that we just say we'll get to. And it's changed my life. So I started that about a year ago and Literally, if it's not blocked out, it doesn't get done. And sometimes people will look and be like, oh, guess you have laundry tonight. And I'm like, yeah, because if I don't write it down, it doesn't happen. So just making sure that I have all of those blocks of color put in my agenda every week and then working around those. So things that we may not see as important. So, for example, I visit my grandparents Uh, every week at the same time. And I'd love to go more than that. But at least I know that every week at that time, that's dedicated to them. And if I don't put it in there, I do think we would just fill it with other stuff. And we get away from ourselves. So great technique to start with is just blocking off those times for things that you think are minuscule or won't take a lot of time. Uh, things like reading. So I will block off 20 minutes of reading a day. Uh, Otherwise it won't happen. So just using techniques like that to make sure that I'm getting everything that I need and that the spare time I do have isn't being wasted on nonsense, like scrolling through Facebook for absolutely nothing. Uh, Because otherwise that's what I'll do with that time. Yeah, if I can say something. Um, so you mentioned about social media being a um, full-time job. And I was like, I, ha- I had no idea before I started the business about that. I had completely no idea. Social media is a full-time job. It's mm-hmm. insane. I, I learned that it's easier for my public to get to know about my things, about my products on the social media than through email or through message. But get to know how to work on social media is so hard. So you mentioned that and I was like, oh my God, yeah, it is. So if you think about it, we have like three, four full-time jobs when we start a business. It's insane, but it's doable. <laughs> yes, I, well, I, and I think that's a great point because I think um, you know, as a business owner too, the one of the things is you have to take on all of those roles. You're wearing all those hats, and so um, you you kind of have to learn a lot of those different aspects of it, whether it's you know social media marketing or the financials or even the legal aspects. I think there's so much that you know, goes into being an entrepreneur and a business owner and sort of taking on all those tasks. So it definitely can be 
you know, time consuming and in the learning curve, but, uh, you know, like you said, it definitely, it definitely is all worth it. And, you know, with the, um, planning out your day and sort of those to-do lists, I think is a really great piece of advice. And one thing too, that you had said before, Erica, that really stood out to me was like, if you say you don't have time for this, it's not adding something. It's just sort of, you know, using that time more wisely or something along the lines of that. You know, and I talked about in the self-care meeting, it's not always about adding things. It's about taking things away. And so I just replace it, right? Like I know that before bed, I would have scrolled on my phone easily for an hour. So there's no reason I can't say I don't have time to read. I do have time to read. I just used my time for other things. So I think you know, we have to think about first what can be taken away and then how it can be replaced to benefit, you know, ourselves and our self-care and our families and our businesses and, and all of those things. Yes, absolutely. That was it. Thank you so much. That's, I think that's such a great way to look at it. And like you said, you, you think that you don't have that time, but then if you look at how it's being spent, then I'm sure you can, you know, be able to fit that in. And um, I think that those are all, you know, really great piece of advice for for new business owners. And I think even the process of starting up a business can be, you know, very scary. Like, like we've all mentioned, sort of, you don't, that first step is, you know, sort of unknown and where do you even start and things you learn along the way. And did you, either of you sort of have any of those fears when you were starting your business or, um, you know, sort of hesitant to even make that leap? Yeah, definitely. I, I am very conservative everything that is out of my comfort zone is a struggle for me and oh definitely so my biggest challenge was to overcome this fear of failure and um this fear of the unknown so as an engineer i have an engineer in mind that everything has to be one plus one equal two and when you start a business, nothing, nothing is like this. And um, I'm really overcoming all of my fears starting a business. That's really odd if you think about it, because my father was an entrepreneur and he started by himself and um, he was very successful. But he taught us, not only him, but my mom as well, to be like to study hard and to get a stable job. But I wasn't in a stable job and it wasn't making me happy. So um, I had to do something different in my life to make me happy. So that's what I tried. But I'm still here every day struggling with this, every order that I make on every money that I have to invest in uh, marketing or buying inventory, buying suppliers to my business, it's a struggle because I've always fear the failure. But um, I'm learning how to, you know, overcome this fear. Yeah, similar to Carla, I... I'm also a very safe person. I have had the same job for 12 years. It has wonderful benefits. It is very flexible. My staff are amazing. My tenants are, you know, my comfort zone. And so the biggest thing for me was leaving something that was perfectly fine. You know, a lot of people say, I'm going to start a business because my job sucks. 
And I get that mentality, but, you know, to leave a job that I absolutely, I do love, um, it's not as challenging, you know, anymore to me because I think I've given what I can, uh, but I love it. And it's going to be incredibly painful when that, that time comes. But I think, you know, talking to all of the mentors in the program and the the advisory board and that that night we had just talking to those women who have changed their jobs so many times, not because they didn't like them, but because they needed to just be fierce females in this industry is amazing to hear that, you know, you're going to be all right. And they just give you that that encouragement that, you know what? Worst case, it doesn't work out. I am incredibly educated. I know, uh, you know, I know that I'll be able to find something. So I think that that helps me. The biggest thing I've learned is entrepreneurism is incredibly lonely. Um, you need to make all the decisions by yourself. You need to, you know, basically, uh, the whole company's whether it does well or not is based off of the decisions you make every day. And that's incredibly scary. Besides my mom who does own a franchise, nobody else in my family or friends had direct group have any idea what this is like or how much work goes into it. And so, you know, the Epic, the venture women have definitely been a great addition to that because before that, you know, I, I didn't have anybody going through the same stuff. And so when I spoke with Maureen about it and she said, yep, like hundred percent, it's a very lonely place to be, but incredibly rewarding. And now I'm starting to see that after I've made choices that actually work and made mistakes that I've learned from, but yeah, it can be incredibly lonely. So trying to find other people going through the same thing is super important and just taking chances with safety, like I'll never just do something absurd still. And I hope that one day I get to the point that I can just be that adventurous. But I know that the things I'm doing are better, not only for my future, but for our city in general, just because of what I'm giving back to the city. So yeah, I think I'm definitely with Carla about being safe and that being the hardest thing to do when you start a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I think that it's, it's such an important aspect of it. And I think, you know, it's one part that a lot of, I think people that go into entrepreneurship don't realize is that loneliness aspect. So it's great when you can find those people that, you know, are going through sort of those, those same challenges, you know, on the other side of that, has there been sort of one moment since each of you have really started your business that really stands out as sort of a highlight or a big success moment that you'd like to share? Well, I have so many little things that I found that it was a huge success for me. And I, I, I learned how to appreciate them all. For example, um, when I was accepted in a venture room, a program among the 30 people, only seven of us were accepted. So uh, among 30 candidates. So I was like, Oh my God. So I'm really doing something that is interesting. And it was a huge success for me. Once we launched our website, because um, we started as Linktree thing that people had to contact us through WhatsApp and had to pay us with Interact, um, e-transfer only. And 
May we launched our website and it's, you know, complete. You can choose when you want your order to be delivered. If you want to pick up, you can choose between Portuguese or English. You can choose how you're going to pay. So that was a huge success for us. When I got a new client, when I got a new order every day, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of success for me. And I learned how to appreciate that. And I'm happy with that. So I think today I am really successful. It's not, it's not that I'm satisfied. I want more. But I still can see that I'm successful and, I'm, and I appreciate the, the support the community is giving us. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Yes, I, I think that's such a great point because especially with entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes when when those things happen, you sort of look past it and just think about that next goal you want and don't really take the time to appreciate sort of those big moments. And so I think it's really great that, you know, you're able to recognize those and, um, you know, that you can just so celebrate those because they are sort of those big accomplishments. So I think that's a really great reminder for, for any entrepreneur as well. Um, and Erica, how about yourself? I think, you know, like Carla, very simple things, you know, the first order, the first order that didn't come from family, the first order, the first repeat order, like any of those things are great. Every, you know, just small things, every follower, every new client. Uh, I loved reaching out to companies and they would kind of not only just say, yes, you know, you can carry our products, but really believe in what we were doing. And because of that, they would, you know, offer us a discount or offer for us to be involved or give us free things or whichever story. I think that's super important. We've also just recently partnered with a company that is just doing phenomenal things for mental health. And so I can't really talk too much about it because it's still coming, but, um, they, you know, they're on the same line as us, not in the city, in another city. And just being able to share their story and our story and just be able to make the, the conversation about mental health even more powerful is fantastic. We've also started working with companies to promote uh, self-care in the workplace. What does that look like? How can you do it amongst your employees? Um, how can you reward them? All of those wonderful things, I think uh, everything is is great. I mean, every day we grow and or that order that comes in after you haven't had an order in a couple of days. I think, though, you know, everything's fantastic and nobody sees the other side. You're the one that sits and watches, you know, the numbers and hope that they come in every day. So everything. I'm just thankful for everybody that's supported us this far and that, you know, when they re post us they obviously believe you know why they've given us their product and I think it's funny there were a lot of products that really had to a lot of brands that had to just believe in us because we didn't exist and now people see our social media and our growth and they come back and say oh hey you know I know you emailed but now like now I want to be part of your your company and we're not taking um we're being pretty specific about our vendors right now, just because I'm moving and I don't want a lot of stuff, but it was just funny to see, you know, it makes you so much more thankful for the people that just believed in you when you had nothing. Uh, because 
they couldn't see what was going to happen. They just had to hear your passion and really believe in you. And I have so much more respect for those companies than those that, you know, didn't take your word for it, I guess. And I get it. I get it from a business perspective, but it's just, it's really nice to know that some people just took that jump with you. And those I think are going to be genuine partnerships and friendships for a really long time. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such a great point. And I I love hearing, you know, the why behind people started their business. That's a huge part of, you know, this podcast and hearing the passion behind it, especially when it is, you know, those amazing causes. And so hearing that background. So it's great to hear that. And I think, you know, especially a great point with that too, that you mentioned is sort of those collaborations and partnerships created in businesses are so important, especially, you know, for that growth. And so it's great to hear that, you know, you, you found those, those amazing partnerships that were with you in the beginning. And, um, you know, I think that we've talked a lot about, you know, really great advice that entrepreneurs or a new business owner could really take if they were going into business. But is there sort of one key piece that you would give to someone right now who's maybe thinking of starting their own business? I would say, first of all, be persistent. It's not going to be a success in one month. It's not going to be easy. You will have to work very hard. So be persistent, be flexible, um, be compassionate to yourself and um, be patient because it might take a while, but it will be, you will have a lot of, lots of rewards. And also reach out to, to the resources that we have here in the region that they, we have a lot of things going on right now. We have RISE, we have WeTech, we have Appet Center. They have amazing advisors. They have amazing programs. So reach out for help. I think the biggest thing I've learned is to that we all have a story and no matter how far you're into your business or you haven't even started, no matter where you are, we have something to share. And I learned this from my beautiful friend, Courtney, uh, who owns Jane and Thunder. She, you know, started from nothing. And now she has a mom boss course that teaches basically all of the secrets and all of the stress that she sat in her room for years to figure out on Google or from other people. And she shares everything. There's no secrets. And I learned very quickly that so many companies not so many, but some companies are weary of sharing where they get their products or how they get them cheaper or sharing their contacts or their mentors or, and I don't, that's not a great way to approach things. And, you know, I'm not that far into this, but I 100% have made mistakes and I've learned things and I have found you know, wasted money, or we all have those, those situations. And I will share with anybody. I'll say, you know what, if you're going to start do this, but don't do this, like, don't worry about this, ignore that. Um, even those tiny things, but some people just do it very on their own and they don't reach out to other businesses because they're scared that, Oh, maybe that person's going to be scared. I took their idea or, that I have the same idea. Courtney hooked me up with somebody who's doing 
a little bit of a similar idea, another boutique in the Oshawa area. And at first I got nervous. Like, what if, you know, she thinks I'm a joke because I'm so, you know, I'm doing the same thing. And she was incredible. She, you know, loved to share everything she knew and how can she help? And, and she was a great contact for me. And so I was more nervous to, to ask because some people don't share that. And I think that that's, you know, as business owners, And as females specifically, we need to share our faults with other people and we need to share our successes with other people and we need to reach out to other people. They want to share what they've learned most of the time. And uh, so just don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to ask for sharing, even if our ideas are, are similar, because a friend once told me, you know, everybody's idea comes from somewhere. Either I saw a color somewhere, I saw a wording somewhere and you take it and you make it your own. And so we have to work off of each other in order to make this all work. 100%. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I definitely agree. I think even I've seen, you know, partnerships that have risen between businesses that are, it would seem similar, but they instead, you know, instead of trying to compete against each other, they really collaborate and, you know, make something of it. And so I think finding those, those, those communities and, you know, those business owners that you can really connect with is so important. And, um, you know, especially I find in the, in the Windsor Essex area, especially through our networking night, you know, every, especially female entrepreneurs, you know, they want to help each other, a lot of, a lot of them. And if they can't help, then they'll be able to put you in connection with someone that can help, especially those resources Carla mentioned with WeTech and Rise and EpiCenter. There's always someone who's sort of willing to willing to help you or find someone that can. So, um, you know, you both have mentioned that there's a lot going on in your businesses right now, but do you have any upcoming future plans that you would like to share? Uh, we, we have, we have lots of plans. So our first goal with uh, Bazaar Brazil is to stre- was to strengthen the Brazilian community. There are lots of Brazilians here in the region, but um, for example, last week I found one client that is here in in the she's in Windsor, and she for three years and she didn't even know there was a, a Brazilian community. So she was alone this whole time. And I was like, no, come on. I'm going to put you in contact with the whole community. And now she's like, oh, my God, that's so good. A lot of people I didn't know of. So our idea is to do that, to strengthen our community. That was our first idea. And um, we want to sell everything that is related to Brazil not only made in Brazil, but also made by Brazilians living here in Canada. So this is our idea for the future. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to to see all those future plans come to life. And where can people go to find your business and find those platforms online? So we have a website right now. Uh, It is in Portuguese and also in English. It's bazaarbrazil.ca. And... Also, we have an Instagram and Facebook, and it is also bazabrazil.ca. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. And Erica, would you like to share any upcoming plans for your business? Sure. So I am just waiting for my commercial space to be 
built. <laughs> so hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I will be taking my private practice back to in-person now that COVID has loosened up a little bit. So that's going to open it up to individuals who want in-person service. Then followed by a brick and mortar store, hopefully uh, in the fall. And then my ultimate goal is to open a uh, wellness center that reaches low-income individuals, so on a pay scale. So basically services such as uh, naturopathic medicine, uh, yoga, Reiki, all of these holistic services that are not currently offered to low-income clients be able to be accessed by those individuals with severe mental health and of low income. So hopefully that's the five-year plan is to build uh, that conversation and to make those services available. Right now, we currently have an e-commerce website. So it's mypeermentality.ca. And all of our products are listed there. You can also make an appointment for counseling services or just to chat about self-care plans. Our Instagram and Facebook is at my peer mentality as well. And we post a lot of great, not only our products, but a lot of great tips and tricks on self-care and wellness and things you can do at home or services that are available in the community. So it's just a great resource for mental health and our uh, linking to partnerships with our within our community. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for sharing all this information about your businesses and about your journey. And I'm so excited to see all those future plans coming up for your businesses and continue watching them grow. So thank you again for coming on. Um, and I yeah, look forward to seeing what's to come. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.